1: Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Jaybird Watching. I am your host, Craig Gordon, with my best friend, as always, Brendan Panikar. How's it going, my bud? Good, dude. How are you? Doing good. Could be better. I think we all know why. Could be a lot better. It's pretty bleak right now. Yeah, it's we've um, it's just we're bottoming out way too early, and this whole offense thing was one issue. But it seems to be all of a sudden now, not just that. It's everything at once. It's the hamster's fallen off the wheel, died, and rolled over at this point.
2: Yeah. It figures that happens as soon as they get back to 500, eh? Everything yeah. just falls out of place. The pitch and the starting rotation since it's turned in May hasn't been very good. The offense has been dreadful. But, yeah, there's not a whole lot of good things to talk about this team right
1: now. Yeah. So far in the tonight's game, the Wednesday night game where we're recording this show, Blue Jays are losing five to nothing, and the actual live footage of this game might as well be an actual dumpster fire.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty appropriate.
1: <laughs> so, to kick off our uh, unfortunate, our wonderfully cheery episode here of Jaybird watching, <laughs> um, <laughs> we uh, let's talk Vlad. Obviously, it's been a, a good week and so here in the majors. Not quite what we expected, but with this team performing as it is, are we really shocked?
2: No. And you know what? There's a whole lot of conversation starting to go around about Vlad. Sportsnet 590, a uh, good show hosted by J.D. Bunkus and uh, Ben Ennis. They had J.P. Morosi on, and they're discussing if they should be even considering sending Vlad back down to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, come on. It hasn't gotten to that point yet with him. Where it should even be a consideration or a talking point. He's barely seen any pitches in the strike zone. When he has, he's just missed it. He's still hitting the ball really hard, but pitchers aren't doing him any favors. They're pushing him away, away, away. So it's kind of hard to do that, do anything with that.
1: Yeah, and are you kidding me? Ten games in the majors, and we're calling for the prodigal son of baseball to be sent back down to the minor leagues. This, this was a Showtime event that you and I both attended and ended up coming out in walk-off fashion from something he started. This is not yeah. something that is going to be fixed overnight, but it is not something that he's going to learn by being sent back down to the minors after you gave him no chance.
2: Right? I mean, the one thing that I think the Blue Jays were kind of hoping for during Vlad's ascension to the to, to the majors is that he may have a bit of an extended period where he struggled. He's too good to struggle in the major leagues, so he never really did. But now you're seeing him struggle for an ex- a little bit of an extended period of time. Now they got to have to see how he adjusts to that. And he's even admitted he's got to change, uh, make some adjustments at the plate. He's got to start, stop extending the zone. He has, uh, probably out of frustration, not seeing anything to hit, started swinging at pitches out of the zone, something he never did in Buffalo. So he's just going to have to take his walks, get on base, and pitches will finally have to come to him.
1: Yeah, at least in the minors, at least watching him with uh, the Buffalo Bison, and even throughout the minor leagues, period, period. pitchers were going after him. They weren't afraid of him. They maybe should have been. <laughs> but <laughs> he was at least being challenged every game. They're like, it, it, maybe that's just because it is the Miners. But the fact that well, not only are they pitching around Vladdy, but the whole team, this is a Blue Jays trend, is swinging at garbage at this point. It might as well be a tumbleweed, and they're still going to freaking miss it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it's a bleak offense right now, man. The one stat i wanted to bring up for a while on this, we talked about it briefly before we started recording, but shout-out to Danny on Twitter, at Metasom, I believe is how you pronounce his handle. He tweeted today the Jays outfield has a uh, weighted runs created plus of 53. But that's been worth negative 1.6 wins. So that just shows you right there how bad things have been from the outfield and really the entire offense outside of Eric Sogard and Justin Smoke, and a little bit of Freddie Galvis at the beginning of the year. It's been terrible. Nobody's hitting right now.
1: Yeah, Sogard is the one bright spot at the moment. He's still been hitting the ball pretty hard, but even the last few games, more or less this team has fallen flat on their face since the Oakland A's left town.
2: Can we play Oakland again, please?
1: Yeah, I know, right? We're just going to get them to move right into the Rogers Center, and they're going to be like roommates. We're just going to fight it out all the time for a record. (laughs) (laughs) Although, hey, man,
2: Mike Mike Fires threw that no-hitter last night, the second of his career, so maybe we don't want to face Oakland anymore. But, hey, if that's the only way Brandon Drury's really hit all year is when they play Oakland. It's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but for that stat that you were just saying, Brandon Drury still might be our best outfielder on this team right now. (laughs)
2: Crazy, crazy. And the guy that they dished a whole bunch of money out to, I mean, it's not a whole lot of money. It's still a lot of money for Randall Gritchick. He's barely he's sitting at a 99. weighted runs created plus, so he's one point below league average. That, you need more from Randall Gritchick, uh moving forward. He's got to be up in the 110s, 120s at some point. But, uh, yeah, nobody in the outfield is even close to the league average of 100 right now. Billy McKinney sitting at 69. The Oscars at 49. Something's got to give at some point.
1: Yeah, and to that stat that you were just talking about with the outfield, I still wonder what your actually those stats would look like reflected on the infield if Justin Smoke isn't doing a little bit of what Smoke can do.
2: Yeah, just Smoke's at one
1: eighteen.
2: Yeah, Smoke's at one eighteen. Sogard's one ninety one, which is insane and not sustainable for Sogard. And then Rowdy's at one hundred four, and Urania's at one hundred. So there's not a whole lot of guys hitting even on the infield. A little odd but... about
1: that last one you said though. The fact that he's not even on the fucking team, I'm just going to say it that way. I don't even care.
2: Yeah. Hey, that's fine, man. This This is a venting episode right now.
1: Yeah. And Blue Jays fans, don't feel, you know, make sure you jump in on this fun, you know? We're always here to chat. <laughs> We're always here to vent together. Everybody's yes. venting on Twitter. Just We're come fans on the show and fill just like it. everybody else, and that's why we do this, and we love talking to everybody. And, oh, my God, we need a freaking, like, anger management session. Goose sraba, everybody. Goose sraba. <laughs> <So. laughs> but with all that going on, we finally got rid of one of the wild cards in the lineup the other day, Brendan. Alex Hansen, DFA. Nobody to nobody's shocking value. He is a buffalo bison as of this evening. Are you?
2: Uh, I, I'm shocked that nobody wanted to put a claimant on him and try to get him.
1: <laughs> you
2: sure? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> for all who attacked me on Twitter for saying, "Oh, I'm so excited to see Socrates Brita tonight." Yep, yeah, sarcasm, sarcasm, right there. <laughs> right? Oh my God, A complete sarcasm. Now it's, it's about really not fans I'll of the fans the show.
1: Come on, people. More listeners. Right? Come on.
2: We joke around here all the time. Yeah, it's uh, somebody else has got to go. Somebody from Buffalo has to come up at some point, whether it's Lourdes or Jonathan Davis, whoever it may be, somebody who can at least contribute a little bit offensively uh, in the outfield because it's terrible. It's brutal
1: right now. And if this is the season that is the hurry up and let's try and see what we have situation, Jonathan Davis is, as you were pointing out before this show, and I'm going to tee this up for you, basically a clone of Dwight Smith Jr.
2: He is, man. I was looking at both of their Fangraphs page, and their minor league careers have been pretty similar for the most part. They can chip in with some power. They can steal some bases in the double digits, decent averages. And every single stop of Dwight Smith Jr.'s minor league career, he that stat I love will always bring up. Waiter House Creative Plus was always consistently above 100. And you can see a lot of similar trends with Jonathan Davis in seasons where he's been healthy. And right now, batting three ten, he's on base almost 50% of the time, four eighty two. With a five ninety five slugging and 179 weighted way to creative plus. So something's got to give, man. It's almost time to get Jonathan Davis up here and get rid of Socrates Burrito, or if they feel compelled to keep him around for whatever reason, getting awfully close to the point where you got to think about sending Billy McKinney to get consistent at Beth and Buffalo, or to Oscar, who's been bad as well.
1: Neither of those moves are happening until Socrates Brito is kicked off this team. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did, when I read a couple articles this morning about Teoscar being sent down, I just automatically popped into my head that even have any second of hesitation. How can we be talking about this when a guy that can't even look like he can field a ball in right field? We just saw it on a home run a few minutes in the game ago in the game with uh, CJ Crone hitting the ball out of the park before another home run for Jonathan Scope, who just kills us all the time. Going back to the wall, he looked completely lost. You could have thrown a cat at him or something. He still wouldn't have caught it, I don't think. But And he's only looked equally as lost at the plate, clearly out of his element. I think he still can be something good, but he is not going to impress anybody by throwing him out in right field once a week. No.
2: God, no. He just got to stop giving him the at-bats, man. And... I know that there's a roster crunch at the end of the year with Kevin Pilar still here, but man, the loss of Dwight Smith Jr. right now is looking really bad because he's been the second most valuable offensive player for the Baltimore Orioles behind Trey Mancini, who's a damn good hitter for Baltimore. You're telling me that they couldn't find a roster spot for Dwight Smith Jr.? He'd be amazing in the southfield right now. Maybe he wouldn't be as good as he is with Baltimore, but at least he'd be able to contribute something at the plate. I've always been a big fan of Dwight Smith Jr., I know you have too. So it's looking like a bit of roster mismanagement or something that Dwight Smith Jr. is not a Blue Jay.
1: Well, and even just the fact that Roman Fields is still doing Roman Fields-like things, batting 281 and stealing bases. Give me him. Right? I don't care who you yeah. put up in there. I don't even really care if you just throw Loris Guriel Jr. back out in left field or right field. <laughs> He'd look better, at least at the plate. He's completely annihilating international league pitching at this point, and it's almost to the point of absurdity. in 342 in 18 games, he has 21 RBIs and leads the Buffalo Bisons. He hasn't even played in as many games as all the guys. It's insane. He's got to get back up yeah. there. It, it's about. It's pretty close
2: to being about time. They probably want to give him a few more reps in the outfield so that they can plug him in out there. But once they feel he's comfortable, he should be up here instantly, as soon as he can. And speaking of the outfield, Foxy's Buto just struck out on a breaking ball
1: looking. So there you go. It's Shocker. time
2: to get somebody else up here.
1: <laughs> so but on another note here, i got to mention this too. Kevin Biggio has been taking reps in left field. I don't care. I'd rather watch Teoscar Hernandez play right field than put Biggio in left. I don't care what the hell happens or move anybody around. I don't care. There's something that has to happen at this point. And I just can't accept the fact that this is gonna be a lost season at this point when we were literally at 500, not even a week ago.
2: Yeah, you gotta start showing some signs, some of these younger guys, that they can be here long-term. That's what we were talking about all off-season, all spring training in all episodes that we've been recording. Now, this is the year where guys have to show that they're worthy of being here long term and nobody in the outfield has stepped up to take that spot. So why not give Bichio or Lourdescal a look in the outfield when they get up here? Because I mean we're seeing why they're playing them out there. The infield for years to come is pretty much set. You got Jansen that will be your everyday catcher with maybe recent wire Luke Maylie backing him up. When smoke is gone, you got Rowdy. You got uh, Lourdes at second, potentially, or Brandon Drury if he sticks around. And Bichette will play short. Freddie Gavis may be there next year as well, and Bob will be at third. So your infield is set, so you got to start getting some guys up here from Buffalo who were infielders, but they're playing in the outfield because they're not going to learn any better than being in the major leagues.
1: Got one more for you on Loris Guriel Jr. He is on an 11-game hitting streak, and... He has scored a run or plated a run on an RBI in every one of those games except one.
2: He's just tearing the cover off the ball right now, man. It's the the bat that we all saw last year when he got up here for good. He can contribute offensively, and you know what? His defensive struggles earlier this year may be hidden a ton in the outfield because he doesn't have to make that turn at second base, which he did not look comfortable with. And If you're not going to have everyday reps for him at short, He's got to play in the outfield. He's got to be that Ben Zobris type, and that's definitely what they're grooming him for right now. So whenever he gets back up here, I expect him to play left, right, second, short, everywhere. <laughs>
1: first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's getting out right the first, too. Yep. So right now, if this game continues to go the way the game is, unfortunately, already going with Trent Thornton and everybody already, and Sam Cabillo also giving up a home run, 7 to nothing. After this game tonight, how are you not doing some kind of a roster turn? Give me something to roster bait about here in the near future.
2: (laughs) Right? Like, you have the off day tomorrow, too. And looking at the Bison schedule, I'll go back for some reason when I pull it up. I'm on July. I guess I'm looking for maybe a a road trip in the future. Maybe. But the (laughs) Bison's a Right? Yeah. In (laughs) July. That would be a lot of fun. But they have a morning game tomorrow. They're in Gwinnett, which I'm not even sure where the hell Gwinnett is, but it's a 10.35 a.m. game, so you could get somebody up after the game or before the game. So, yeah, I, I, I would not be surprised if there's some sort of roster shakeup after tonight's game and in time for Friday's game against Chicago White Sox that we see somebody else up here for a change.
1: Well, even to throw another, you know, fun card in that, the Bisons have also not announced who's pitching yet on Friday. Usually when they're two days out, they don't have a problem usually throwing somebody into that projected spot. There is nobody. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even have tomorrow's uh, pitcher announced yet either.
2: Interesting. Maybe something's coming. Maybe something's up. Give us something to talk about that's a little
1: bit positive. Yeah. Other than
2: this mess.
1: Yeah, we need a breaking news episode and some excitement.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we've had some pretty good luck with some breaking news stuff whenever we recorded, so maybe they can give us something in time for our episode tomorrow when it goes live.
1: There you go, but I think we have one more Meyer Leaguer we have to talk about here, and I had the pleasure of watching it on MILB T- MLB TV last night while I, you know, completely changed the Blue Jay game from my, you know, big screen. To my little computer uh, screen and trade it for a player to be named later in some bag of potato chips <laughs> <laughs> I
2: wonder who you were watching
1: I might have been watching Nate Pearson just completely blow through the, the Portland Sea Dogs.
2: oh man I saw that line yesterday at the game and I was like uh, if he did not get injured last year he'd be knocking on the door being in the state league rotation that sucks because he could be here right now if he didn't get injured last year
1: yeah because right now I'm still afraid of his innings
2: yeah, he's already passed his inning, uh, the career high in innings in his minor league career, so they're going to have to be careful about that, too, to manage his workload.
1: Yeah, I figure he's shooting for 100, 150 innings, and they're going to try keeping him at five a game, which unfortunately is what it is, but it wasn't a bad pairing last night. It had him and Yasne Diaz, Yasne Diaz clearly did not like that role. He gave up all four runs, and the <laughs> uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats would take the loss, and that was honestly one of the worst outings I've seen of Yasny Diaz ever. It was just I remember
2: Go ahead. just a few weeks ago, I remember just a few weeks ago we were saying that maybe if they really wanted to get creative with their open starter spot that they would consider him at one point but uh, you know, he's still got some work to do but yeah no it's uh, somebody has to step up in the rotation uh, or uh, somebody's got to get called up to fill an outfield spot because it's just a complete mess right now.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that with Diaz is the fun with the weather in the Eastern League right now is going up and down just like it is in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. It was like, 90, like 90, almost 90 degrees the other day, it felt like, and now it's, yeah. you know, sub zero again. <laughs> yeah, it's not, So it's got to stabilize at one point, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm sorry, I didn't convert that to Celsius, everybody. I'm showing my New Yorker. I'm a jackass. Uh, I know it. That, that's okay. I wouldn't be if this was an
2: American show. I wouldn't be able to convert Celsius to Fahrenheit. <laughs> All I know is that what like 76 Fahrenheit is like 22 Celsius. It's yep. like room temperature. It's about right. Yeah, that's the only one. And 32 <laughs> done, Fahrenheit.
1: Yeah, I've done enough freezing. worldly travel. That I've had to do it on the fly in my head pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you got that.
2: You can convert yeah. it. Most Americans, I would say, don't know the conversion at all. <laughs> <laughs> so Stop but, doing hey,
1: hey, when I'm up in Toronto, I want to make sure that I, you know, when I'm wearing my Blue Jay gear, that somebody doesn't call me on the metric system. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're somewhat competent, that's okay.
1: The only way I get called out now is not being a Canadian is by showing them my credit card, as we still do the friggin' magnet swipe down here instead of the chip cards. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's true. I always forget about that whenever I'm traveling
1: down there. It's too funny. So, but Yesny Diaz, as we were talking about, though, he had he's really only had two bad outings all season, and it's just how it is. But Nate Pearson, if anybody hadn't been paying attention <laughs> to last night's line, allows two hits only over five innings, no runs, no walks, sends eight. Sea Dogs crying back to the bench with strikeouts, and he was excessively around a hundred each pitch for fastballs.
2: Uh, it's gonna be so fun watching him up here, just pumping a hundred, hundred mile mile per fastballs by guys. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I I think everybody right now is just drooling when they hear Nate Pearson's name. He doesn't even have to make a start if he's referenced. Somebody makes a tweet about him, everybody's paying attention at this point. He's uh he's gonna be up here. This is, Small chance they were talking about before the game on Blue Jay Central that maybe he could be a September call up, but then the innings thing comes back into play.
1: If he's a September call up, he's in the bullpen. And he's just gonna come oh. out there and breeze through people. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. That would be fun to watch him and Giles both pumping upper nineties and one hundreds out of there. That'd be awesome.
1: The two of them in the back of a bullpen is gonna be, would be pretty damn scary for most major league hitters, I would think. But either way, it was Insane to watch. I don't even know if I can really put it into words because it was just so perfect. And for somebody that I, I hadn't had a real chance to see because he didn't play with the Lansing Lugnuts, so I didn't get to see him on milb TV there. The Didion Blue Jays because the stadium renovations don't have anything. <laughs> so, um, it was re- it was just really good to finally get eyes on him. I just think it's hilarious that I finally got to see him. Pitch on TV, even, and I've already seen Eric Pardino pitch in person. Seen <laughs> all those with. all the young stuff. So, And he's coming too, but I'm looking forward to him finally getting a chance to do something. So, I guess he's had some arm tenderness that he's been nursing since spring training.
2: Yeah, it sucks. But uh, yeah, he'll be up here at some point in the next year or two. But you know what? Being on going back to the open rotation spots, one guy looking through the New Hampshire Fisher Cat stats in real time. I wonder if maybe they're considering a call up of Andrew Sopko, who's been really good for the Fisher Cats. Last outing out on May the second, that could line up for a start on Friday. He's thrown seven innings uh, on the nineteenth, and then seven innings on the on the May second, and then five and two thirds on the twenty seventh of April. So he's really putting it together down in New Hampshire. So. Who knows maybe somebody's on their way up
1: yeah i think there's some of that stuff moving along and uh we've already seen it a little bit of it stuff even hayden Hay danner moved up um riley adams is now with the fisher cats another top prospect obviously nate pearson who we've been gushing about for the last five minutes he's been moved, he's been <laughs> moved up it's that time of year and there's a little bit of flexibility and whatnot's going on with some of the guys going and Honestly, there were a lot of jobs this offseason that got freed up with the losses of Harold Ramirez and company. So now these guys have fought out for those positions, and you see the actual the guys that are doing really good to start this year off getting rewarded.
2: Yeah, man, it's nice to see. At some point, everybody's going to have to step up at one point and get called up and start establishing themselves. And I think we mentioned an episode or two ago the next core of prospects behind Bo and Kevin Biggio and Vlad you got to start making a name for themselves. And that started with Jordan Groshan. And so some of these guys who are graduating from single A to double A and then eventually double A to triple A is that next wave. And they, they've even uh, more reason to stay excited about the wave after uh, this current wave of prospects that will be up here in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah. It could be the next few weeks. Are you putting Kevin Biggio getting called up in the next month? that's what it sounds like.
2: Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know about Biggio. I mean, if he keeps on hitting it, it's going to have to happen at some point sooner rather than later. I would bet, I I said this the other day, I forget who to, maybe I just put it out there on Twitter, but if the Oscar and Billy McKinney don't turn things around offensively by the Canadian long weekend, which is May 20th, I know the American Memorial Day weekend is the May long weekend after uh, the Canadian one, but by... May long weekend, when they're back at home against the Red Sox, that's when I'm going to peg Jonathan Davis getting up here. Yeah,
1: It's not a bad move. I, with this outfield the way it is, why not take the risk? And if you got options on everybody else, roll the dice, see what happens. Maybe they'll get right in the minors or get the wake-up call they need, and everything will be good. But i got to mention one fun thing, because this guy I saw live, and he is just perfect. We were talking guys that have gotten promoted recently, Alejandro Kirk got promoted from the Lansing Lugnuts to the Denien Blue Jays. He has been crushing the ball in the first couple games here. Bang 417. He's got two doubles tonight. <laughs> this is a catcher. He's a little stout.
2: That's <laughs> <a> good stuff. <laughs> I've heard that he's a little bit on the heavier side. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, He's like my size, like in the five eight, five nine ballpark, I think. And he's just... He's not chunky I can't even say it you know it's just like he's just thick (laughs) (laughs) but holy crap when I watched him in Bluefield last year everybody in that ballpark stopped what they were doing to watch this kid hit because there is that good pop off of his bat and he's got tons of it so it'll be interesting to see where he goes this year now playing with his other uh, Bluefield Blue Jake brother in Cal Stevenson in Dunedin so that's a Hell of a team that's brewing there in Dunedin, so I hope they push down on the gas. Even losing Pearson was the only real detriment to it, but that offense has got everything ready-made for Blue Jays' prospects now.
2: You know what, basically, the theme of this season could become and recommendations to the Blue Jays fans if things stay as bad as they have been at the Major League level? I believe our buddy, Randy Francesco, tweeted this about a week or so ago. Blue Jays fans, if they want to stay invested in baseball beyond the Major League level... Should probably consider an MILB TV package so that you can watch some of these exciting prospects come up because right now there isn't a whole lot to watch. I mean Vlad will heat up at some point which that's an instant draw in itself you know, when Biggio gets up here him as well but the MILB TV package to watch the Blue Jays minor league system to, to continue to grow and develop thats that's becoming pretty intriguing for me.
1: It should be it's only like 20 bucks <laughs> <laughs> or at least it was for me because I had to buy even to watch my Blue, the Blue Jays. I have to uh, buy the MLB .dot TV, and they throw in a price for that. So maybe we got to work on a sidebar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but until then, if you do get your MILB TV subscription, make sure you watch the Buffalo Bisons. They haven't been performing crazy good, but Ken and Biggio. Is showing exactly why he should be becoming a, one of the a household name and one of the big three in this new core of Blue Jays players. But until last season, Kevin Biggio not even on the radar other than his father's name and the reference.
2: Yeah, I mean you always need guys like that in the minor leagues to figure it out at one point. Everybody's got a little, obviously, a little bit of talent to be able to get into the minor leagues in the first place, but. The organization, especially when you look at the outfielders and the state of the outfield, and know we're continuing to harp on that, but guys down in the minors, like, I'm looking at guys like Forrest Wall down in New Hampshire, who they got in the O trade, looking at guys like Josh Palacios, all those guys down in Buffalo, New Hampshire, they got to start making names for themselves and putting it all together, kind of like Kevin Bijo just did, because every organization needs that. You need that one prospect who just figures it out and ends up running with it and gets a major league job and has a
1: decent, a good major league career. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Jonathan Davis, Dwight Smith Jr., another guy that fits that exact same mold is Joshua Placios. <laughs> he is in that exact same frame, athleticism over crazy power or anything like that, but that athleticism carries pretty good. I just don't know if he's going to finally make that next step and turn it on He's he looked like a MVP for the Lugnuts. Struggled a little bit, and then he's back to doing all right, I guess, with the New Hampshire Fisher-Cats, but not exactly setting the world on fire. Santiago Espinal, though, our breakout candidate, betting 290 and lead the team.
2: (laughs) Right. You know what? When and or Lourdes get up here, I would suspect that we see Santiago Espinal up in Buffalo maybe by the end of June if he continues doing what he's doing. And, hey, if he develops into something... A return for Steve Pierce who obviously ended up winning the World Series MVP for Boston but at the time that trade was like oh, okay we got a piece for, for Steve Pierce and man if he can develop into something too just keep on adding to that talented crop of infielders that they have who could then be turned into outfielders
1: yeah I wasn't like you said nothing overwhelmingly exciting about that until I heard Jesse Goldberg's Strassler's uh, Around the Nest podcast he had somebody from the Sea Dogs on the uh podcast uh, so to talk to Santiago Espinal and that guy was pretty high on him man like he was just he's like he's just starting to find his swing he's getting some pop this is actually going to be a ding for the Red Sox organization by losing him but the trade off was you are the 2018 World Series champions obviously yeah, I mean, the be- are going to take the what they can get out of that
2: yeah and i mean i would take that trade 10 times out of 10
1: yeah. <laughs> the World World Series, still, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
2: But well, yeah. It'd be nice. It would definitely be nice if that ends up being a ding on the Red Sox for the next five, six years or so when Espinal gets up here if he if he does and makes a con- contribution at the major
1: league level. Yeah, the only thing that's been really a detriment, which is funny, because this is what it was one of the things that he was also speaking highly of. He has six errors, but he's been crushing at the plate, so it's the opposite of the Lars Guriel situation. <laughs> so he's where now Loris Gurriel Jr. Has obviously found his bat. That's why he's doing what he's doing. He's going to be back up with the team probably very shortly. Espron, he's going to just keep riding that out, like you said, until probably Bichette, Biggio, somebody moves up off of the Bisons. He's unfortunately kind of stuck there probably with Kevin Smith.
2: Yeah, and Kevin Smith has gotten off to a bit of a slow start too. Somebody they've been very high on for the last year and a bit. So they'll turn it around some point too. Kevin Smith has proven himself to be a very – good commodity offensively, so I'm not too worried about his close start to the season. He's
1: got too pretty of a nice swing. And I'm not just saying it's pretty for pretty. It's it's smooth, and he gets the ball quick. It's going to happen. I Like I said, I think this offense has been struggling to find its face. Kind of like where their character is for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats so far. What the I have a strange feeling the 2018 Eastern League champions are going to find a way to turn it around.
2: I also, sure hope so, man.
1: It'd be nice to see another uh, minor league team win a championship down there because
2: it was looking pretty good last year. Hopefully Buffalo can turn things up on a little bit because how fun would it be to go to Salem Field for a Bison playoff game? That would no. be a ton of fun.
1: He's strangely okay with getting hammered at Pearl Street Brewery and then stumbling down to the field and enjoying a win. <laughs> and then and then go to 716 to celebrate after. Boom. There you go. Sounds like a plan. Come Keeps on, Bison. That sounds like a like weekend happens. we just figured out there. <laughs> I
2: think you're right. <laughs> Game on. <laughs>
1: Game on. So, um, I think the one thing we got to touch on here, Brendan, that we haven't really talked a ton about yet, because we've been just shitting on the offense. <laughs> <laughs> this pitching has been the uh, downfall, I think, for the that near term here, where the Blue Jays in their last seven games have been outscored 13 to 42 in the midst of the early parts of the season that would have probably been a closer to even number. All of a sudden it's been a little inflated for the opposing hitters.
2: Yeah, Trent Thornton was awesome last Friday at Texas but tonight, not so much. Clay Buckles, has been I would classify him as a disappointment so far. I thought he would be able to at least give a little bit more stability at the back end of the rotation but if he continues to go out there and get hammered then I don't know what you're going to have to do with him. You might just have to eat it and keep him out there because there's nobody else knocking on the doorstep but getting here until Barucki's healthy at the end of May it's looking like um, uh, Clayton Richard will be ready to go by the next time they need a fifth starter and at this point hey I'd be fine and would happily take Clayton Richard's spot in the rotation
1: Oh, I think that's the best thing that we could have going right now for us at least you're getting a lefty mix into the whole thing a little bit somebody that's more of a junk baller where everybody else kind of right now is just throwing smoke you know, Sanchez Strowman throwing the ball really hard. Yes, Strowman has tons of spin on it and can be that kind of different pitcher if you need him, but the fact that Trent Thornton's the third guy coming out there and kinda of airing it out as well, where Buckholz clearly hasn't figured out something to what his successes were last season.
2: Yeah. I don't know, it's it's too bad because I thought Buckholz would definitely be better than he showed. Maybe he still needs to build up a little bit of arm strength, but it's gotten to a point where he's got to figure out something. That his uh, his slow fastball that comes in there, about 90 miles per hour, isn't fooling anybody right now.
1: No, nah. and that's uh those kind of fun factors are why the Blue Jays have lost four games in a row, and have only won one out of their last seven, and I think three for the last ten. So it's this no matter yeah. how you slice it, it ain't good. <laughs>
2: it's not good, man. There's not been a whole lot of good things to talk about this team right now, and it sucks because last episode we had a lot of good things to talk about from their uh from their West Coast trip out in Oakland, and then their uh, three game sweep of Oakland when we got to see. The debut of Black Jr., but... It's amazing what uh, changes in seven soon.
1: days, isn't
2: it? It's crazy. That's baseball for you, man. Just one week, you'll look like world beaters, and next week, you can't beat anybody.
1: Yeah, I am excited to see Derek Law. Mm-hmm. We'll see what he can get out of it. But, yeah, no, that's
2: my I mean, the, Go ahead. Now, Alan Hansen is already gone, so that's one of the returns for uh, for Kevin Pilar. Juan Paula, obviously, he's a little bit further away, so we won't see the returns on him, but yeah, Law might be able to get some decent innings out of the bullpen. And other than his debut in Texas on, I believe it was last Saturday, he's looked out pretty decent.
1: And he's been a salvageable pitcher his whole career. So, and even a plus for the most part. So, I, I'm not. I the problem that we've had right now, now that the starting pitching has flagged, it's dragging the bullpen deck down to reality. Who was completely on top of the world until this point. Sam Gavilio was a world beater, like you were saying, and everybody else was looking really, really good. But even Ken Giles is flagged in the last few times out, too, and looking like more Jason Frazier-ish, where he's making me sit on the edge of my seat for a save opportunity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luckily, he looked pretty good last night when he pitched Ken Giles. But, yeah, I agree. It's sometimes it's been a bit of a struggle getting guys on base. But I'm not only really worried about Giles, but everybody else in the bullpen, there's been a lot of red flags. Even Joe Biagini had cooled down from his hot start. Basically, everybody who got off to good starts this year, Freddie Gallis offensively has really cooled down since his injury in Oakland, and a lot of those guys in the bullpen who got off to great starts have, uh, have cooled off. You know what? That's also a byproduct of the bullpen not pitching deep in the games since Mays rolled around. The bullpen has had a lot of innings tax on there. So, hey, if there's going to be a roster move, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point over the next little while another bullpen arm gets up here from Buffalo.
1: Yeah, and at this point I'll give you a complete wild card on who that is. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: all right. So, Brendan, let's talk GM hat, all right. If you are the managing group of this team right now, what are you doing, maybe two moves to see if you can light a fire onto this team's ass?
2: I mean at some point you gotta kick tires on a free agent starter who's out there, not named Dallas Keuchel. And he was brought up by um, Ken Rosenthal the other day. I believe it was Rosenthal who wrote on James Shields, who's just sitting out there ready to go, a proven innings eater who will be able to give you quality outing uh, after quality outing. And at this point, I'd prefer James Shields going out there every fifth day as opposed to uh, Clay Buckles if he continues throwing meatballs and getting annihilated. So that'll probably be my one move if you are dipping into the free agent market. I would be definitely intrigued by James Shields. He's ready to go. He's been saying that scouts have been impressed by his outings when he's thrown for scouts, but nobody's given him that call yet. I don't know if they will do that, but it's got to be not? considered, <laughs> I would think. Right? Why not? Just give some stability to rotation.
1: Worst case scenario, like you, it's filling that void of what we were just pushing on there for a few minutes. You can't get guys that are starting starting enough innings. So it's stressing the bullpen out. If you get somebody that's at least like James Shields that's going to give you six innings every day, I, don't know how you can be looking at the gift horse in the mouth on that one. He's sitting there. His price is probably not bottom basement, but salvageable. Sign him hell to a deal sure. like you just did with Matt Shoemaker in the off-season and see what the hell happens.
2: Exactly. And if you're talking about trading Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman, maybe you consider a 1-plus-1 one one deal to have Shields under control for next year, too, because you're going to have to fill out the bottom half of the rotation next year if Sanchez and Stroman are both gone, because right now you probably can pencil in Trent Thornton, and Ryan Barucki, and not a whole lot more after that. So you got to have some sort of stability there. So if they do dip in the free agency pool, James Shields would be mine. And we, I think our first ever show since we started this, we mentioned James Shields as a free agent candidate.
1: So, I think since you came on full time.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wrote about that at Jay's Journal with one of my first articles back writing for them back in, I believe it was October or November, and a few people were behind that as well. So uh, you have to consider it, I would imagine.
1: I've always had a thing for big game, game, big game, James Shields. ton twister. Oh,
2: right. Um,
1: and honestly, I would think that, um, you if all people, I would figure that Charlie Montoyo might be saying something about that with all the Tampa Bay Rays, minor league systems and everything that he was part of. I'm sure he is very good friends or at least knows James Shields very well. I imagine so. Yeah. And, uh, They've had that connection in the past, and I'm sure that would be a potential
2: draw for Shields to come pitch here. At this point, if somebody was to offer Shields a, a deal to come pitch in the majors, I think you'd take it from anybody. So jump on that if you can.
1: Oof. Did you just see that uh, stat that they flashed on the feed? I did.
2: 130
1: rookie. rookie games. Yeah, 130 rookie games. I get that. I assumed that was going to be a big part of this season, but I'm still a little puzzled and shocked by that number because I was thinking that the San Diego Padres were going to take the cake on that one.
2: Well, you know what else? I think that's just what it's like for the Blue Jays this year. You're going to have those weeks where they look like they're figuring it out, but then just it's going to be a season of inconsistency. You're going to have those road trips that you saw. They ran off, What well, was it a 6-1 six, six road trip in yep. Minnesota and Oakland? Two decent teams. Minnesota's a first place team right now. And then you're going to have weeks like this past week and continue into this week where you just look terrible. Inconsistency.
1: All right. So we heard roster move number one. <laughs> I'm going to give you a free game and another one, my friend, and I'll see. I'm going to give you a couple.
2: I'll go. uh, I think you got to call up Jonathan Davis or you got Lourdes Gurriel back up here. Got to do something in the outfield right now to spark some sort of offensive contribution from them. I think this has been the show of harping on the outfield, but it's definitely uh, worthy of talking about it with how bad it's been. So sign Shields to give the rotation some stability and bring up Jonathan Davis or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I'm okay with leaving Biggio down there for a little while longer, especially if he's going to continue to get reps in the outfield, but Davis is definitely uh, putting himself in the map as somebody who should be called up yesterday.
1: Yeah, and as far as tenured Buffalo Bison, him and Roman Fields are the guys that have been on the team for more or less two, maybe even three years at this point. Exactly. Got to give give him a shot at some point. And, we, and when, what we were talking about earlier, when you've seen what Dwight Smith Jr. goes, maybe you might have something cooking. You don't know. you got to try it. Yeah, this is the season
2: where you got to try this stuff, man. So you uh, you got to do it at some point.
1: So my roster move number one, I am finding a place for Kevin Biggio to hit in this lineup every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's him playing second base, first base, outfield, DH, I don't care. His bat right now in Buffalo is doing too much talking for me to ignore. It's going to happen. I just don't think the Blue Jays are going to make it happen as quick as I think it happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is like we were just talking about a minute ago. I was actually ballparking, like you were saying, within the next month. If he continues doing what he's doing, there's no way in hell they can keep it down. He's not even not consistently, like you said. The Players Association is going to start knocking on the door and going, okay, you're pulling the same nonsense with Blatty again? <laughs> yeah. He's got nothing to learn in tr- AAA anymore. He's because right now, as it stands, he's got 30 games as of tonight under his belt, and he had another two RBIs tonight.
2: Yeah, I'm fully on board with that, man. At this point, it's got to something's got to happen. Like we said this entire episode, something needs to change. So, I'm on board with that. Absolutely, I think you got to see what he could do up in the major leagues. What's your roster changed. move number
1: two? <laughs> Billy McKinney just went yard. Right? We harp on the outfield and good things happen. See, maybe we need to have more of these rant fests. Like, maybe maybe I think just, so. you know, uh, get, you know, what really grinds my gears episode or <laughs> something. <laughs> I think probably for the rest of the season, our episodes are going to be 70%
2: ranting out of frustration and 30% will be like, yeah, there's been some good stuff that's happened over the last little while.
1: <laughs> so, roster move number two. I don't care who maybe. it is, I'm going to find somebody in the Meyer League system. If it's Yesny Diaz, fine. I don't care. But somebody that throws the ball stinking hard is going to come up and be in that bullpen because there's too many soft throwers mixed in with Gavilio, Pannone, and everybody. I want somebody I can come out and miss some bats. And I have not seen that from anybody other than Ken Giles at this point.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, man. And with how taxed this bullpen is going to continue to get, the, the more the rotation doesn't go deep in games so you're going to have to get creative and call somebody up to eat some innings so i'm on board with that as well i think all four of our potential moves have incredible amount of merit at this point
1: yeah and my biggest thing on that is innings like you were just alluding to if i bring up somebody like i know like i said i've been kind of gushing on yesterday Diaz a little bit but using him as an example at least he can come and give you two, three innings if you need to. And if it's at the Major League level, I wouldn't let him just see a lineup on that second time through right now.
2: Yeah, do what you're doing with Elvis Luciano. Only pitch him in either blowouts, low-leverage situations, and see how many outs you can get out of them.
1: Yeah, or just keep pitching Luke Naley <laughs> He looks sneaky good, Zero- no offense. <laughs> Zero ERA, man. Yeah. And uh the one guy, I don't remember who it was at the plate, but you saw him kinda like you know, kinda make a knuckleball grip and he goes, Are you throwing a knuckleball? <laughs> oh yeah. That's the line of the shield junior. That's who it was. <laughs> that was awesome. It was perfect. And uh, not to mention it, sneaky. He was throwing the ball eighty up there. I was surprised. I knew he always had a good arm, obviously, to gun people out at second base, but I was not expecting an eighty mile an hour pitch over the plate from the mound on him.
2: It was fun to watch. I know there's, uh, I should never enjoy watching position players pitch, but at the same time, it, there's a whole level of fun and jokes that could be made of that. So it was entertaining. I think that was the best way to describe that. It was entertaining seeing Luke Maylie pitch.
1: I think the thing that was the most rewarding was watching him have this giant grin on his face when he was walking off the mound at the <laughs> end of the <laughs> <of> thing. <that> <laughs> he go, it looked like he couldn't believe it to a point, and he's like, "Really, did I just get out of a scoreless inning?" <laughs> It was solid. So anyway, Brendan, what's going on as we wrap the show up here?
2: Continue to search for answers as to what this team will uh, have to do to spark some sort of uh, offensive contributions over the next little while. Just try not to get too frustrated and trying to calm people down on Twitter that, man, give Vlad a much longer leash than what people are asking for. Ten games, people. I think... (laughs) I think it's mind-blowing that people are already saying it's time to send them down. That's uh, that's just ridiculous in my
1: mind. Yeah, I feel like I should stretch this podcast out for at least one more pitch. Oh, there it is. Taqueray's <laughs> <laughs> burrito, second strikeout of the night.
2: Well, another strikeout. What a surprise, huh? Uh,
1: made it. <laughs> so, but... Brennan, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for jumping in on this with me here on J Bird Watching. I couldn't be happier to have you, obviously, as my co host. And the shenanigans have been great.
2: It's been a good time, man. Uh, luckily, or actually not luckily, uh, unfortunately, we haven't had a whole lot of good things to say. But when it's going good, it's fun to come up in here and talk and try to give the Blue Jays fans some content to listen to. So keep on rolling with this, and you never know what we could do.
1: Yep. And Blue Jays fans have been finding you. They found some of us while we were at the ball game for Vlad Watch and everything. So I'm glad. And um, everybody, please. The reason we made this podcast originally was to interact with more Toronto Blue Jays fans. So hit us up on Twitter at BirdwatchingGC, on our website at jbirdwatching.com, and wherever. We just want to talk, and we would love to have some of you even on the shows. Give us an inter- interview here. <laughs> you know, we'll talk. And until next time, make sure you hit up those subscribe buttons on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasting play our pleasures from. And that's about it, Brendan.
2: The only thing I'll say to wrap up is, let's find some answers, Blue Jays, because some answers are needed right now.
1: I feel like you just changed the hashtag from Let's Go Blue Jays to hurry up and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Either hashtag hurry up and figure it out or hashtag let's find some answers. Uh, so hopefully it won't be searching for answers and kind of like in the a la red and stimpy freaking thing I sent uh, <laughs> Ryan D. Francesco right before the show. It was just Stimpy scratching his head with a pencil wondering why Soccer's Brio's here.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was infinite loop. <laughs> Perfect summation. Exactly. Um,
2: Socrates burritos tenure
1: here. <laughs> I I strive for my summaries.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, Blue Jays fans, until next week. We might have a few other new show and episode ideas for you soon in the near future. Unfortunately, none of you have been listening to the morning matches, so I have not been doing them. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a maximum of two show listens a uh, morning match where it's not quite cutting it, it was watching our you know, as we try to get this out to more and more blue jays fans the sponsors are not helping us <laughs> when our average drops, drops below where it's been. So come on, get up, get back with us. I know the hockey season is over with too soon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I some people hurting, man, especially seeing how far the Bruins have gone since <sighs> they've knocked out the, <laughs> I the damn Bruins!
1: I don't care. Who I know. Wins. I just don't want to see another Boston team win anything ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Couldn't agree more with that. And then it's looking like the Celtics could get eliminated tonight, but uh, yeah, once the Raptors are done, Tune in. Yeah. Come on the show with us.
1: It's going to be fun. We'll have
2: some fan interviews, some fan chats. We'll get a third person in the booth here. It's always a good time when we can talk with more people than just us two idiots.
1: Yeah, and soon as we can figure out a date to actually do the live game chat, we're going to do that, too. And I think we're actually going to be airing that on Twitter so we can get more of it to you all easier this next time. The Facebook thing worked great last time, but it was a little hard for everybody to find is kind of the feedback I got. So... Anyways, Blue Jays fans, until next week, Brendan Panikar, Craig Borden, let's go Blue Jays.
2: Let's go Blue Jays.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.